Hello, podcast listeners. This is Eric from the What He Said, She Said podcast with Eric and Michelle. Today we have episode 27. That is 12 things I wish I could tell my single self. This was an interesting conversation between Michelle and I, and we had some interesting insights, and hopefully you will enjoy the show. And now on to the show. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Eric from the What He Said, She Said podcast with Eric and Michelle. Today, we're going to be talking about the 12 things I wish I could tell my single self. I see that we have a few people clicking on. I'm waiting right now for Michelle to come onto the show. And I'm going to start by reading a little bit about this article. This was on the Every Girl. Oh, there she is. The Everygirl.com, which has become one of our favorite. Oh, three, two, one. I, I'm I very disappointed you did not count me down. I did. I it's my favorite three. part of this whole thing. I, I did a quick three, two, one. <laughs> okay. It was very quick, though. It was very quick. I, I, I saw you, then I said, oh, crap, three, two, one. There she is. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. If you want to continue and then we can, we can yeah, shoot. Yeah, uh, the everygirl.com. We found this and it's an article that was just written a week ago. 12 things I wish I could tell my single self. I think, you know, when I read this article, I was like, kind of like, wow, you know, this, she has some really great points. Um, a lot of these are written uh, by women from a female perspective, obviously. So it's, you know, they're, they're interesting. So, you know, and the woman is named Josie, you know, and then there's a, there's a little bit of a story. I'll add a link, I'll add a link to the podcast once it goes out to Apple and Spotify, etc. So, um, do we want it to start? Sure. Okay. Well, how was your week? How was your, you had the BFF? Uh, I had an amazing week. Had an amazing week. We had a great time in Paso, and um, there were there were no mishaps to be had. That's and good. Also, we went to um, Cambria for the day. And Cambria is just a lovely. Nice. It's just a lovely little town. It was very cool, and I also liked. So you go to the Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore is um for the most part what can i what can i relate it to some some towns are like huntington where it's very commercial there's boardwalks there's shops up and down the boardwalks and then most and there's some of those in south jersey some of them in central jersey um i spent most of my life in South Jersey at those beaches, Ocean City, Cape May. Um, it's just, it's a totally different vibe. And Cambria was even really different than like here. And by here, I mean like Long Beach to um, San Clemente, and even Oceanside. Cause we rode through Oceanside this past weekend. Gotcha. Like the stores and um, Cambria was very sleepy, I thought. Oh, it, it is a very sleepy town. Absolutely. And the, the town is not even 
on the coast, which is kind of smart if you think about it, because they're putting prime real estate there for people to buy versus stores. True that. So I just thought that was interesting. The Jersey Shore, there's like a boardwalk, and the boardwalk is literally right on the beach. And then there's just store after store and restaurant and fast food and stuff like that. So anyway, Cambria was very unique. It was kind of sleepy. We had a great dinner at this place called the Sea Chest. Um, and you, and you did some wine time, tasting? We did do some wine tasting. We had a really, um, a few really great experiences. Uh, one, we, we were just like, eh. I like actually going to the wineries versus the tasting rooms because I like the ambiance of an actual winery. Um, and we went to this one called Broken Earth, which was almost in like a um, an industrial park. Wow. Which they have Tent City there too, which is a big industrial park. And if you want to taste like multiple wines right there and beer and spirits, all that kind of stuff, it's all in one spot, which is kind of cool with some restaurants. But I like actually going to the winery and seeing all the grapes and just capturing that whole vineyard experience, I would say. Very cool. So that was awesome. The rest of the time we pretty much spent um, in Huntington and we did go to LA for one day to see Brie sing in church. But other than that, Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. It was a great visit. Yeah. So, that, that, that sounds good. And yesterday's ride. I wish you could have made it. It was awesome. I've, I've um, done that ride before. Have you? Yeah. It really sucked though from, I guess, uh, San Diego to Coronado. Yeah, when you, have to go there, when you have to go kind of, once you get past La Jolla, it's it's a little busy. Yeah. Busy yeah. and not super, like, once you get past where Petco Park was to get to uh, downtown, Barnado, yep. just, it's not very pretty. So you took so. the ferry across. We took then, the ferry across. And, and then... then well, what's cool is that the where the ferry is compared to where the Amtrak station is, it's like a mile. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like right there. Yeah, yeah. When, when, you know, still thinking about the two-day trip, I'm going to do it a little bit differently where once we leave La Jolla, I'm going to still hug the coast and then go all the way down to Point Loma. Right. And Point Loma is this little extension, and then from the top of Point Loma, you actually look down on Coronado. Okay. We did and... pass through the bottom of Point Loma, I think. We didn't do any climbing there. No, you didn't go through Point Loma at all. I looked, I saw really? the, the map. You turned way oh. before that. Okay. Yeah. I the saw actual, signs for Point The actual Loma. Cabrillo Monument, I think is what it's called. It's uh -huh. it's all the way at the very end, and it. But it's like when you go down to the tide pools, it's one of these completely unimpeded views of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, it's nice. actually it's quite spectacular, actually. Yeah. And and then when we come out of Point Loma, we're gonna kind of hug, you know, hug the coastline, 
all the way around to the ferry and then take the oh, ferry wow. to, to Coronado. So, yeah, but from where you guys left and then you had to go, you, you had to go through this area. That's, that's not so nice. <laughs> yeah. You that know. one, that one spot we were by the train, um, wasn't the prettiest. And then no. the other part after we got through downtown San Diego, like the gas lamp, we did go to Petco park, which was cool. It is cool. Yeah. So, so for everyone who's listening, we, we are actually going to be talking about online dating versus our little adventures. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. How about we do Let's that? dive in. Well, we have Josie, and Josie is writing a letter to her single self, and she has a number of ideas about that conversation. And I think it's a conversation that's actually good to have with yourself. So I'm going to start. Number one, your relationship status is the least of your problems. Not to be such a Debbie Downer, but get this. Single Josie, you've got a lot more to worry about than which frat guy you should bring to the formal. Your young life will bring you a lot of major changes that will be bigger than the box you check under relationship status. You'll want to find a career that fulfills you, feel financially stable enough to do so, and move across the country multiple times to find the place you're meant to be. Amen. Enjoy your life, laugh a lot, and have a whole lot of fun. But spend more time figuring out how to create a life that will fulfill you more than you spend swiping through Bumble. You have the rest of your life to be in love for now. Just be in love with your life. I like that so much. Yeah, me too. And, you know, here's the thing. At least I felt this way when I was in my 20s. I felt pressure because I wanted to have a family and all my friends were getting married. And it it was just like kind of the thing to do. And you look at the person that you're dating and you think, well, you know, could I could I be with this person? And I mean, I dated my ex for a year and a half and that seemed like such a long time. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a long time not a long all. time not at all yeah. so and you know i think that there's this stigma especially when you're in your 20s that you know you got to be dating and getting serious so you can get married and then have kids and i have a one of my girls from church she says she was reading a book and i wish i knew the name of it but she's like yeah i'm reading a book that's all about embracing being single because it's such a short period of your lifetime when you think about it. Right. I think there, I think there are periods like, especially after you get divorced or maybe you, you finished a a long, a long-term relationship. Long-term relationship can be anywhere from six months to a couple years. I mean, it, it depends on what you consider a long-term relationship. But I think having that singlehood time, me time, to kind of figure out uh, who you are is important. I, I, I said this uh, to many of my friends. I've said I, I needed about a year after... Uh, I needed about a year to ground myself. Uh-huh. back into who I am as a single person. Cause I was, 
I was together with the person I was with for 18 years. That's a yeah. long, that's a, thir- that's a third of my life at that point. Absolutely. Well, actually more than a third of my life at that point. And so I'm like going, wow, I need to kind of figure out who I am as a single person. And I know a lot of people who, you know, friends of ours that are married 20, 25, 30 years. And it's like, man, the last time you were single, that was a long ass time ago. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the longer, I think the longer you're married, the more time it makes sense to be single, not be in another commitment because you don't, I mean, just like me, I I was 22 when I met my ex Wow, and got young. married at 25, 24, I don't know, 24 or 25. I can't remember. So I was married longer than I was alive (laughs) (laughs) prior to being married. Do you know what I mean? Um, And you just kind of fall into this um, daily routine where you just put your head down and you're just doing, doing your thing and you're raising. Well, And 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 once the kiddos come into the question, into the equation, everything changes. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then significantly. Yeah. So I think that that is jumping from one relationship to the next relationship to the next relationship. I think there's some danger in that because I think you need to spend time by yourself and figure out how to be, how to be you again, you know? Yes. Um, And you can't and shouldn't rely on another person for your happiness. I believe very, very firmly in that. <clears throat> that's uh, and that's why I mean, when we were talking last week about you know, should you date if you're separated, I, I I'm kind of a firm no on that, you know. But for some people, everyone's different. And, yeah. But it's one of those things where, do you really have any inkling of an idea of what you want? Right. Or what you're looking for, you know, and then a lot of people kind of just like, you know, throwing darts at a board, like, Oh, when I find it, I'll, I'll know. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, you know, I, I always think that there is value in spending time, not necessarily alone, but just, just hanging out with your friends and, and, and reconnecting with relationships that are important to you that maybe have fallen off in importance because you were married, maybe to someone who uh, sucked a lot of your time or your energy. Mm -hmm. And now you have, you have all this emotional energy back. And now you're like, you're like, wow, I feel like so reinvigorated. I'm ready to like reconnect with these people. And then, in, in so doing, a lot of times, there's like a lot of apologies that need to happen sometimes. Right. Yeah. And the other thing for me was, and this is just me, I felt like I chose to have my children. And if I was not going to be with their father, that was my choice. But they were still my priority to get them 
to where they were successful functioning adults first and foremost before right. I even thought about my own life, my own needs. Um, because I think it can be really challenging when kids are involved and, you know, especially in those teenage years, I think it's, it's probably pretty brutal. Um, probably more so than when they were younger. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a curious, it's a curious time in our lives when you find yourself in your forties or fifties and you're now single and you're just kind of scratching your head going, Hmm, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, What do I do now? And if you haven't dated since you were 20, you know, it, it can be very strange. Absolutely. Just a strange, strange place. So, so you want to go right. for number two? Yes. When you feel a lack of something, give it. It may sound counterintuitive to give away whatever you feel is lacking from your life, but it's the secret to filling voids that I wish I had learned sooner. Feeling a lack of something, whether it's time, money, support, or love, is all mental no matter what. It's a half glass, it's a glass half empty situation. Realizing you have enough water to give some away will show you it's half full instead. If you're constantly stressed about not having enough money to buy the expensive skincare treatments you want or to go out to the nice restaurants with your friends every week, consider donating $5 a month to a charity that needs your money more than the expensive skincare treatments or nice restaurants do. You'll start to focus on what you do have. Likewise, during those moments where you leave a bad date feeling hopeless or lay in bed at night feeling lonely, <clears throat> give love instead of wishing you had it. Call your mom and tell her how much you love her. Ask a friend that's struggling how she's doing. Or better yet, stand in front of the mirror and compliment all the things you admire about yourself. Knowing self-love is the most worthwhile kind of love to give. Totally agree with that. Nice. I like that. Yes. I like it's that a amazing. lot. It's amazing. It's, um, you know, just like when you, when you think you got it bad, there's 10 people behind you that got it way worse. So count your blessings and show the love, show the love somewhere else. Truth. Absolutely. Like you know, it's just, it's just, I, I, th I think that this particular time, you know, it's talking about a very specific time in a person's life. I think that's a time you can be very reflective mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if everyone takes that time to be reflective on the relationships in their past, the who, what, why, where of why the relationship failed. Sometimes it's very obvious, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it takes, you know, it takes two to tango. It takes, and sometimes, sometimes it takes that one person to say, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this anymore. Or right. I'm not going to allow myself to be sucked down this dark hole of your addictions, you know, yep. or things of that nature. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that, and, and that's a, an awful place to be. Surely it, is. When, when you're, you're holding that person up, you know, day in and day out, time and time again, and then when you finally say, you know, if you don't change, you know, I'm out the door. Right. And then 
they don't take you seriously. And when that day finally comes, when that day finally comes and you do walk out the door, they're kind of like, oh, my God, what happened? Exactly. Yeah. Or it could be years and years of person <clears throat> saying they're going to change, they're going to change, and it never happens. And they just think that you're going to keep staying there, right? And then one day you're just like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. I, I warn and, and, you. And you. And you have to be done yeah. at a certain point because yeah. it, it's just, you know, you, you can't allow yourself to be, uh, you know, torn down. Absolutely. So, so it's just, um, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go on to number three. Do it. it. Invest your time. Don't just spend it. Also like money, people are natural investors and some are spenders. We often think of time as something to spend, spending the day going to work, spending the night going out with friends or spending an hour taking a nap because who doesn't need a nap? But instead of thinking of spending time between relationships, think of how you can invest your time to become the person you want to be when you do find the right relationship. More importantly, invest your time so that you're not waiting to find the right relationship. Think of every moment as something you could be doing for your future self, Hmm. whether it's a learned new skill or working on building up your friendships, just like financial investing you're, you'll be buying yourself more time to spend later. I always look at this as a time to do those things that you've always said. You know, if I had the time, I would learn how to play pickleball or I'd learn how to do this or, or take that yoga class or take that Pilates class. Yeah. I, think, I think these are those moments where bite the bullet, just go for it. You know, and and it takes it takes a certain kind of person to realize you're gonna suck. <laughs> you're really gonna suck at it for a while until you get better. And you just have to be okay with the fact that you're not gonna be great at something until yeah. you're until it becomes more of a, a learned habit or skill. Huh, just so. like your job. You start a new job, you're you don't really know a whole lot. But as you stay with the same company and you start learning things day in and day out, and you have experiences, um, you get better and better at what you do. And I think that goes with every skill that you're trying to cro- to acquire, whether it's work-related or hobby-related. So I had a client one time tell me, be careful who you give your time to. Yes. And, um, that's something that I often don't listen to (laughs) (laughs) and I should be better about that. So I'm working. I I actually, I've actually said this one to my niece and my nephew and I say, and it's similar to that. I say, be very careful who you spend your emotional energy on. Well, that too. You know, because, you know, many, I mean, my nephew, he, he, he didn't heed my warning. Um, you know, he's now married with, and kids and the whole nine yards, but, you know, and he's not even 30 years old. 
And I said to him, I told him, wait to get married until you're 30. And I, I said, you know, I go, you and your, I go, you and your best friend need to go to Europe, put a backpack on, travel for a couple months, just see the world for what it is as a single person out and about. And I go, once you get married and you start having kids, making that happen is really difficult. Absolutely. That's why I like what she says in the first part about finding a career that fulfills you and moving across the country multiple times to find the places you're meant to be. Because, I mean, you once that all happens, you're, you're locked down. I mean, I cer- certainly love where I raised my family. It was perfect. It was very safe. It was reasonably not super duper expensive. Um, and you know, we had that experience there. And if, if my daughter hadn't moved out here, I would probably still be back there. So it is definitely a time to explore for sure. Well, COVID too kind of brought you out here. Yeah. But also when you're in a situation, like you've gotten a divorce and you're selling your house. I mean, that's another opportunity to say, what the hell? I'm going to go try to live someplace else. Now, if you need your support network in place, that may not be the best thing for you to do. But if you're like open and ready for adventure, I think that is an amazing time. I loved every second of moving out here and knowing like four people and that was it. Yeah, but it, it's not hard, you know, considering, you know, you're, you, you look like you grew up here. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Cause I'm blonde. Blonde, <laughs> fit, likes to work out. I mean, it's like you, you fit the, you fit the HB mold. The HB mold. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you get that a lot. Like, oh, you probably, oh, you've been here like your whole life. Like, no, I just moved here. I just moved here. I'm just absorbing the, uh, I was talking to Dory about that yesterday because she's from Canada. She's like, I don't understand why everybody's leaving California. What if you love to do things outdoors and you can afford to live here, why would you leave? Exactly. I like Dory. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually, she's actually, uh, I guess she did the senior games in Pasadena and she won like a ton of gold medals. Did she really? She won like five gold medals. Yeah. I believe it. She's pretty badass. Yeah. And her and her husband, her husband made her sign up like kind of on a whim, like, Hey, why don't you race? And then she's like, oh, okay. And she ended up winning five gold medals. Wow. You mean on her bike? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Pretty damn cool. Yeah. I met some, uh, Girls that ride with a club from Pasadena, PAA. Yeah, yeah PAA. Like yeah, I know PAA. Yep. They just did an amazing ride um, from Pasadena. From, from, from Pasadena to Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sounds pretty yeah, awesome. I'm, anyway, I'm aware. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, try to ride with those guys at some point. Yeah, they there's like there's like multiple levels. Um, I do know someone who's like one of the officers up there. Her name is Dana. Uh-huh. And so she's, uh, she'd be a good person to talk to about the different events. Yeah. But, cool. but they're, 
they are they have like different levels i mean they have like they have people that race and they have people that are you know like you know a levels below that which was kind of where you would fall into yeah you know but it's just yeah it's a fantastic group it's probably one of the best organized uh cycling groups in southern california oh that's good to know yeah i mean but it's 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 a it's a great well the smartest thing that PAA did is that they segregated the women. Oh, there you go. So they created they created a whole uh, they created a whole separate group called Women on Wheels. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Wait, I think I might be on their Facebook. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. All yeah, right. and they have like a whole month. They have monthly rides, and then they have. But yeah, they have a whole women on wheels thing that they separate, you know, from the the normal group. I like it. Oh yeah, they do have they do have a, the Wow group is uh, on Facebook. I do think um, the um, the blah, 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 the women on wheels. I'm wondering if that's the same group. Um, I just sent you, I emailed you the link. Oh, PAA, it's okay. a, it's, it, on Facebook, it's called PAA Women on Wheels. Okay, then it's a different one. Sorry. Sorry. You're, my, you're, you're, ble- you're binking. It's my notifications from my workout, from my app. One of my clients is sending me multiple messages. Anyway. Yes. Uh, I like right, when they blow you up. On. Okay, number four. Take note of the oh. moments that make you feel unsafe. We are all strong, confident, capable women, duh, spending the time alone that you need to spend, whether it's traveling or being alone in your own city is necessary, but it can also put you in situations that will give you that uh uh-oh feeling in your gut. No matter how much you try to protect yourself when you're alone, like your mom and freshman seminar taught you, you still have to, you'll still have consistent moments where you'll be wearing a scarf and jacket. And the Uber driver will say something to you that makes you feel like no amount of layers is enough. (laughs) You'll have moments where a stranger on the Paris Metro looks at you in broad daylight in a way that makes you uncomfortable in your own skin. There'll be times that someone will not take no for an answer and something so momentary will feel so scary for the rest of your life. As painful as these moments are or as normal as they feel, take note of them all. Use them to feel empowered when you're alone. And when you notice them enough, gentle will show up on your list of who you let love you even above handsome or funny but don't worry you'll get all three nice yeah i would say that is the one scary thing about online dating because yes well that's really don't know that's why i have i have always said this i i say the man has to put put himself out there a little bit more than the woman. Yeah. It's saying, okay, here's my name. Feel free to Google me and you'll see that I am who I say I am. You know, it, something simple like that. And I think that's why a lot of women now are wanting to FaceTime you, you know, and whether that's through like, you know, Google Hangouts or chat or, 
I don't like WhatsApp because a lot of the scamsters use WhatsApp. Uh, whenever yeah. you whenever you get something from a oh what's your WhatsApp number like right off the bat, I'm always like scammer. And, and unfortunately, it it's true. There there are a lot of scammers on WhatsApp. But I think the reason a lot of women now do video verification before we're going to even meet for coffee is they want to they want to see a that you are exactly the person you have portrayed in your photographs right and 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 b that you're real you're yep. not like some dude in you know Nigeria trying to scam them yeah exactly you know and 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 I've I've said this in previous podcasts I know this is like a broken record if you have someone who lives within say 10 miles of you and they always seem like they're busy and tied up and they, oh, I just can't make it out to, for a coffee date. Like, re-swipe left and move forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if, if they're making excuses why they can't be available, there's a reason. Right. I.e., they aren't who they say they are. Or worse, they're still married. Yeah, and uh, can't can't get free because you know the wife might notice that I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, right. The other thing too, I think, as far as <clears throat> guys are concerned, <clears throat> I feel like they shouldn't even um, think about like you getting in their car or you going to their place until like maybe. I don't know, five, six dates in. Yeah. Cause it can, it can be a little sketch. Yeah. Well, I mean, your, your sister encountered this, uh, you know, date one, they're sitting down talking, starting to talk sex on date one. You're just like, okay, well, you know, thank you for, thank you for playing this game. I know exactly where we're, uh, where we're headed. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Not a good idea. All right. Not a good idea. Oh, number five, cut it off with your ex-boyfriend already. Yeah. There are a lot of reasons we stick around with the people we know that are not good for us. Maybe they're a security blanket. Maybe you're worried you won't find love again, or maybe you're subconsciously seeking their approval. For me, it was too much time in history that felt like a lot to give up, even if I knew I'd give up, give it up for something better. It just felt easier to gradually grow apart. As you can imagine, breakups don't work like that, and they cause a lot more pain in the end. No matter the reason, the wrong person is still in your life as soon as you realize they're not the one for you. That should be the end of it. Know yeah. what you deserve. Be honest with yourself and the other person. And don't settle to avoid pain. Important tip. Unfollow them on social media. Just do it already. Interesting. Yeah. We should. I'm going to send this little excerpt to my sister because she is so infamous. She's not famous. She's infamous. <laughs> She's infamous or- for what? Ling- lingering? Oh, no, like, oh, I'm done with him. We're breaking up. And, like, 
round five comes along and you're like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, what makes you think that this person is ever going to change? We swear that this guy that she keeps going back to is really married. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I said that, I said that uh, to you where it felt like the day that she was on, uh, she was on with us, that she was like reluctant to really be open. Yeah, I don't know. She's she no, it, it, it just it, it felt like she was holding back. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but she is she is notorious for like getting breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together because I really just don't think she likes being alone. Um, and that's what I keep telling her: you gotta be you gotta be happy in your own life before you can have somebody else that's trying to be part of your life all the time, have that conversation goes in wow. one and out the other. That is, that is absolutely crazy, but don't think that somebody's going to change. You're no. either, you can deal with it or move on. Then they're well, done. That. that is true. Right. You got know, you got to, got to rip that bandaid off. Rip it off. Rip. It's well, painful when it happens. I mean, I know, but... I know I brought this up on previous podcasts, but when I, but when I was going out with someone for just a very short period of time and they already started like digging, like on date three about me going on bike rides. Oh yeah. And I was just like, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I told you that's like part of my life. And I, and I immediately knew. I immediately knew this is going to be a problem. Yeah. And then so I jettisoned the pod immediately. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. I mean, it was just like, yeah. Why because, let it linger if you know it's well, not going to no, work? I mean, we, were, we, were, we were only on date three, and she was already, oh, you much rather go on a bike ride than be with me. Yeah, because you're annoying AF. And it was just, it was kind of like, wow, okay, this is not good. Nope. This is really not good. This is, you know, the, and so, yeah, I made, I made that decision where I just said, well, okay, cutting, cutting ties. Yep. -er. So. so you wouldn't want to be a, all right, next, let your friends fill the lonely spots. I've always been a girl's girl. All the boyfriends and guy friends in the world can't compare to the connection I have with my female friends. But friends to me have always just been people to have fun with. I'm not good at opening up or depending on them. But my college roommate became my family as she cried with me through things like a breakup and the death of a family member. And more importantly, became my inherent plus one and other half to the point where I still want to tell her whenever something's wrong. <clears throat> if anything, this flashback is a lesson in depending on people. I wish I had been more vulnerable in non-romantic relationships because I learned that good female friendships really do fill the lonely spots. Also, single Josie, you're currently obsessed with Carrie Bradshaw's wardrobe and job, but when she says maybe our girlfriends are our soulmates, take note of that too. Even being as happy as I feel in my relationship now, I do wish I realized then that sometimes happiness is not a whirlwind romance. Sometimes happiness is a trashy show 
a whole lot of takeout and the kind of best friend you make the effort to keep for a lifetime. See, I can't relate to this. First of all, I'm not quite sure. You're married. You're married during Sex in the City. So did you even watch that show? No, really not. But I'm just saying. I, I ended up I ended up going and watching it like way, way after it had its run on HBO. Yeah. And so I, and I, and I, and I catch little bits and pieces here and there. Okay. And it's, it, it's actually a really funny show. It's, it's kind of repetitive, uh-huh. you know, the characters, the characters have fallen into these, these molds of who they are. And I actually think that the last season is one of the best seasons because they all start breaking out of those, those molds that they have, which mm. is wonderful. Yeah. You know, no, but I would they- agree with this. I think, you know, girls, girls need to have their girlfriends. Guys need to have their guy friends and you shouldn't just be tied up with your significant other 24 seven. No, I have, I have one friend and he, he would quite literally go from one. He would have one lined up while he was breaking up with another. Yeah, that's and just stupid. It, yeah, it was. And and it was funny because thankfully he's successfully married now for the second time. Mm. And they have uh, his, hers, and ours children. Okay. And, and, and honest to God, it's like his wife is like absolutely perfect for him. But we actually had that conversation where we talked about him never being single. Wow. Like never. Like he was getting divorced and he was already seeing he was already seeing his his soon to be new wife. Yeah, see that's what my daughter calls relationship hoppers. <laughs> yeah, relationship hoppers. Yeah, but it was and and I I made that comment to him. I said, "Hey, you know what? I go, I can't I go because we've known each other since we're like 18, 19. I go, I can't remember a darn time when you were single. Yeah. Like, because we went to college together and he would, he would, he would jump from one to another. And then he had this one that he would always jump back to. They would get in these horrific fights and then break up. And then I think he probably went back to her and broke up at least a half a dozen times. Wow. You know, but it was just. Yeah, it's it's okay to be single. It's okay not necessarily to be looking. I think it's very okay to be single and I think people should embrace it versus feeling like you know, you're the person that never has a date on their arm. Um because True. you know, I think when you when you seem needy, that's when you're not going to meet somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. But on the friends filling the the lonely spots, I think that is I think it's um I've I mean my best friend that was just out here, she went through her divorce. I helped her through that. I went through mine. She helped me through that. We we are definitely sister soulmates, for sure, hands down. And I have a couple other girlfriends that I'm really, really close with. And I feel you know, we like... just we just had it popped up in my timeline. I think it was yesterday. Yesterday was the one year anniversary of you meeting Maria. 
That's right. And the rest of the LNG group on that Malibu century. Yes, it Ma- did come up. It was so wild because we did a century two weeks before. And then I think Terry had contacted me and Terry says, hey, do you want to do it again? And I and and I go, you know what? It was awesome. I go, absolutely. And I was actually shocked that we were able to get, I think we had, I think we had about eight or nine people. I, I was really shocked we were able to get like that many people to come back and do it again two weeks later. I know. That was awesome. Yeah, I actually found a really good restaurant if we have to do the Malibu to Ojai and back. And then what's nice is that it's uh, it's a little further past downtown Ojai, so you get the 100 miles. You don't have to ride back and forth on PCH to get it. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> that was well, so you annoying. Know, you and I and Terry did that. You know, we, we had to get couldn't couldn't finish with 96. Yeah, well, and then my Garmin said ninety nine point eight. Well, I was like, "What the frick?" I know. And then I told, I told when you stopped it right at a hundred. I remember like yelling, "No, don't do that!" And then I go because it always like steals distance from you. And then you had like ninety nine point nine nine. It was something ridiculous. I'm like, it was just like, me? oh. You know, the worst. Even though you did a hundred, it was like it. It sucks when you see that ninety nine point nine nine. I know, I know. That's terrible. Anyway. But yeah, right, but you, did, did you give Maria a call for your anniversary? No, I should have. You should have. I mean, kiss, kiss, hug, hug. <laughs> One year. I was telling. I was telling Jane about our our pillow fight video, though. The pillow fight was hilarious. The, the pillow fight was hilarious. Well, I, I think I think Jim Jim telling us the uh, the history of Morrow Rock was funny too. Yeah, that was yeah. A, it was a very funny weekend. Yes, of Indian law. Yeah, <laughs> and okay, really, seven. that was the start of what he said, she said podcast thought. Absolutely, that that was that was the the seed that that uh, started this all. So That's number right. seven, dating is about finding out what you want, and it's supposed to be fun. This is true. Let's make one thing clear. Single Josie and in a relationship Josie has always been good at keeping high standards. But there were times when I got caught up in being wanted that I didn't even think about what I wanted out of someone else. Dating is supposed to be about finding what you want, not becoming what someone else wants. Oh, yeah. And don't take it seriously. Some people will like you and some people won't. No matter if a second date follows, it should be fun meeting new people. If it is not, take a break from dating to reflect on what you're really looking for in your dating life. Is it to feed your ego and heal insecurity? Or is it you actually looking for a partner? Totally agree on this one. It's like... You know, I've had, I've had quite a number of first coffee dates. Yeah. That maybe never really transpired into second or third dates. Right. Um, just because I, I, ha- I was honest enough with myself to say, I can't really see myself being with this person. Right. Yep. 
and 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 a lot of times you know people will will go like what was it what was it you know what was what was it about them and it's just like we just didn't fit together right you know yeah. and and i like using that term it's like we we didn't fit together well and sometimes that's all it needs to be right it's, you know because if you are on the dating apps looking for a serious relationship it's like that you have to ask yourself that question do i see myself oh. with this person in a month a exactly. year or five years and if right. the answer is an unequivocal no it's like do you really want to put one two three months into it and then realize right. why waste your time Right. I mean, that sounds pretty crass, but why waste your time if you know, I mean, I already, I already blew 27 years of my life. You know what I mean? I hate to say that, but yeah, time, you know, when time is our most valuable commodity at this point. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. if you don't see it onward, soldier, On, onward, soldier. onward, Christian soldier. Yes. Number. That's right. Number. All right, number eight. Yes. Are we on eight? Yes. When you meet the right person, you build the relationship you want. It just doesn't happen to you. <clears throat> I've learned a lot about what a soulmate means since I was last single. To go back to those aforementioned high standards, I truly believe my perfect match would know how to ballroom dance, never get frustrated by me, and love poetry as much as I did. If he's the perfect person out there for me, he must. I only considered seriously dating people with certain and extremely specific characteristics, a.k.a. no one, as if I could create my own soulmate like a computer game. Can't the Sims just be real life? <laughs> when, you find someone who, when you find someone who gets you and loves you more than you even knew to add to your list of high expectations, you realize the other things don't matter. You trust them and their love for you enough to grow the kind of relationship you've always wanted together. So don't write someone off because they don't play guitar or have never been to Europe. The right person will support who you are and what you want out of life. So sign up for the ballroom dancing lessons and book an Italian vacation together. You both build the relationship you want, but you can't and shouldn't want to change the other person. I mean, she hits on this a couple times. That is a huge, huge, huge theme. And I don't think when you are younger that you really get, especially when we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s, there ain't no way somebody's going to get you to change inherently who you are. True. So why would you even try? I would agree with that. You can either live with it or you can't. So once again, what did I say? Move on, soldier. Next. <laughs> move, move on, soldier. All right, go for it. Number nine, no is a complete sentence. I, I love, love it. I like that. Inherently, I'm what some would call a people pleaser. And what the honest, yeah, me too. Honest of us call a pushover. I spend much of my dating life feeling bad about people's feelings and cradling men's egos. I came up with excuses like I have a boyfriend rather than I'm not interested per to persistent men at bars. And I spent too much time texting back boys I didn't want to talk to just so I wouldn't hurt their feelings. 
I wish I would tell single Josie that one day she will find strength rather than silence. In her dominant empathy. I like that word, dominant empathy. Yeah. Until then, work on saying no when you mean no. Yeah. I think the other thing women have a difficult time with is saying sorry all the time. Like, what do you have to be sorry about? Especially if it's the I, way you feel. I hear that all the time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About yeah. about everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm and I'm kinda like, why why are you well the way I equate it is this is when I when I'm with someone who, who says sorry at every turn, it's like they had to say it in their marriage often. Yeah. To keep to appease that person who might have been more dominant and was a bit of an ass. Yeah. And sometimes they find themselves apologizing for the actions of that person. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. That's yep. Tough. But no does mean no. It doesn't mean maybe. And you know what? When you're a people pleaser all the time, the one person you're not pleasing is yourself. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I and and, the, and no no goes to. It's okay if you get one or two or three dates in, and then you start. You start doing a little bit of the deeper dive, and you kind of you kind of feel the chaos that is their life, and then you realize I don't want to be part of that chaos. Yep, exactly. And it's okay. It's okay to cut the cord once you have a couple dates in. It's it's so amazing to me how many times people would say this, one of my friends who lives in the mountains, and she would say this, if they had a, like a very cordial date, even though that person, you know, wasn't as smart as her, or she was super attractive, she would feel like compelled to go out with them a second time, because they weren't, because they were just being nice. Right. Even though she knew in her heart of hearts that there's absolutely no connection here. And... Well, you know what? That's not fair to that person either because no. you're just stringing them along. Cushioning. Exactly. Wait, was that cushioning? I think so. Yeah. It's All possible. Right, let's go on to the next one. Focus yeah. on growing so much that you crave the feeling of trying something new. Change used to be much harder for me. It affected my dating life because I resisted putting myself out of my comfort zone and didn't try new things. If I could help it, not only did this prevent me from meeting new people, but more importantly, it prevented me from being my best self. No matter what, focus on growing so much that change becomes your comfort zone. The little things every day make a difference. Ordering a new drink at the bar, reading a different kind of book you're used to, trying a workout class you've never done, and talking to people you've never met. Yeah, I I kind of like totally flipped on everything. I mean, really, when I look back at what I did a year and a half ago, almost two years now, I mean, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. We were just talking about this because when you're renting, and maybe this is everywhere, but it's especially so in California, and I hadn't done this since I was in college at 21 years of age, um, you can't look for a place until you're ready to move in like 30 days prior. True. And 
my my bestie looks at me and it was like maybe the beginning of September and she's like have you found a place yet I'm like no I still got you know a little more than a month before I'm planning to drive out there oh my god so I kind of knew the general area and had cased had my daughter and one of my clients case some places out for me but um you know I had no idea and it was it was approaching approaching the time that I was getting ready to move and I'm like yeah it'll be fine whatever I'll deal with it everything will be everything will work out and things will fall into place and that's how I truly felt and it did I mean my my pod was 15 days late so I slept oh. on an air mattress and my poor son slept on couch pillows, but well, air mattresses are okay. You know, I, I don't think okay. I've ever told this story. So I have, I have a group of friends that live out in Pasadena and, mm-hmm. and this, this kind of goes to, you know, literally taking, <laughs> literally closing your eyes and throwing a dart at a board. And so I was always, every weekend I was going out there and seeing my Pasadena friends, my friends, Robert Mm -hmm. and Doreen and Ava and Paulette and my friend, Eric. And, and they started putting this little thing in my ear going, you know, you're out here so much. You should just move out here. Right. And I kind of said, I kind of said, God, I, I just love it out here. I just... I just love being in Pasadena. I mean, it just it's, it has that really great energy, and it's it's just a fantastic place to live. Mm-hmm. And so one day, myself and my friend Eva are driving up the street, and Eva goes, "There's a for rent sign back there," and I literally back up. And I write the phone number down. I call the guy the next day, and I said, "You know, you know, you know what's going on." And there were these little Spanish bungalows that were built for actors in the 30s. And so there's like six, there were like six of them and they were all their own little, little unit. You know, it was like, it was tiny. I mean, it was like 900 square feet, but it was like perfect for a single person. Okay. And, And so I go out and I take a look and it's got hardwood floors and it's, you know, it's got washer and dryer. It's got everything. And it's like, and it, I'm within a couple blocks of all my friends. And so I fill out the application. And again, I am not looking to move. Right. And the guy calls me back like within a few days and he says, okay, uh, you got it. And wow. I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> wow. Like, like I had, I was not looking to move. I had no intentions of moving. I'm just sitting there on the phone with this guy going, and the guy's name was Kim. And he, and I go, I go, Kim, I go, you know, I haven't even given notice where I live now. And I wow. go, is there any way you can give me like two weeks? And then, that, and then, and then the, you know, give me like a buffer. Cause he wanted uh-huh. to like move in that weekend. And I go, and he go, and he thought about it. And I go, Listen, man, I don't drink, I don't party, I don't cause noise. I'm not, you know, I have a small group of friends and we all end up at Robert and Doreen's house anyway because Robert's a good cook. And then so he goes, okay, fine, I'll give you two weeks. I'm like, awesome. 
So the next morning, I'm calling my landlord saying, I need to get my 30-day notice right now. And then they're like, oh, my God, is something wrong? I go, I'm moving to Pasadena. You know, wow. and it was it was quite literally done on a whim. Mm. And I had no intentions of moving to Pasadena. And I went and met this guy, filled out his application. And I'm thinking, ah, I'm not going to get it. You know, and then he calls me back and says, um, yeah, you got it. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? And that's like one of those life moments where I have the chance to change the direction of my life. Yeah. Or not. Right. And the weirdest part about it was I end up moving to Pasadena. And then within a year, that's where I met my my wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Crazy. But you never know if you don't change your trajectory, right? Like, I I don't know. Absolutely. I, first of all, dating in the town that you've lived for 20-some years is challenging enough <clears throat> um, to find somebody that you don't know, especially when you've got three kids and you owned a gym and you belong to other gyms and you go to church and all that. Oh, you're timing out. Uh Oh, I'll, I'll start 11. I'm going to start doing number 11. It said number 11 is eat the damn pastry. Oh, I have to give Michelle a very big and three, two, one. <laughs> Yes, now my night is complete. Okay, I'll do number eleven. Eat the 11. damn pastry. Yeah. Eat the damn pastry. I've never considered myself to be insecure, but looking back on my life, there have been a lot of foods I didn't eat and a lot of unhealthy meals I regretted eating. I want to hug twenty-year-old me and tell her she's perfect just the way she is, like all those American Girl puberty books tried to tell me over the decade. I also wish I could tell her. The stress about eating is worse for her body than any piece of pizza or cone of ice cream. And her wordiness of love has nothing to do with her weight or what she eats. Enjoy every bite of your life and eat with mindfulness instead of insecurity. No matter what magazines or lingerie ads tell us, confidence will always be more attractive than how we look. Absolutely. Someone That's who, true, but it does <laughs> it does rock when you've got uh, a nice set of abs in your in your fifties. <laughs> well, you have just a saying. nice set of abs. <laughs> no, I mean I just know that part of confidence for me is looking my best helps me feel my best. But I will eat the damn pastry. <laughs> I just make sure that it can fit into my numbers. Gotcha. So that's my caveat for that one. Eat the ice cream, eat the pizza, know when it's time for game on, know when it's time to let loose a little bit. Um, and don't be so tough on yourself. So anyway, Very eat the cool. damn pastry. I agree. Eat what the do you have pastry? to say? About? Absolutely. It's to me, to me, when you meet someone who has an air of confidence and say they match the level of confidence that you have, 
that to me is very attractive. Yeah, I agree. That to me is very attractive, and I find them much more so than if it, they were just, you know, super good looking and, um, you know, and but didn't have a whole lot to say. Yeah, or or just did not exude confidence. Truth. I'm with you. All right. Wait for love that feels like a fairy tale. Ooh, we were just talking about this uh, with a with a hopefully future client. When you're looking for a relationship, who met her now new husband online, by the way. When you're looking for a relationship, it's tempting to romanticize the people you meet or stick around with someone that has some endearing qualities, hoping that it works out because you don't want to be alone. But I promise you, you'll be so much happier enjoying alone time than being in the wrong relationship. A freaking men. You'll learn one day that love will only be worth having when it feels like a fairy tale, not a Cinderella story per se. I definitely do not want to lose a good pair of shoes, but it will feel too good to be true. The person truly loves the you that you love. They'll think it's hilarious and cute when you're on your period and crying while watching reality shows. And they'll do a lot of unromantic things for you every day that make you smile. You'll get into disagreements, but they'll care more about how you feel than about being right. They may not have a horse and carriage, a la Prince Charming, but seeing them will feel like coming home after a long day. Doesn't that sound like a much better fairy tale? Dear Single Josie, for all the wrong things, for all the wrongs you go through, one day there will be a right that makes all wrongs worth it. Worth it. Don't settle for less and enjoy your life while you're not settling. Absolutely. Yep. Amen. Amen. That's a great one to end on. I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we can look back on our romantic lives and the people that we've met and dated and, and you can think about the positives, hopefully, maybe not the negatives, but the one thing that you will constantly say to yourself when you were with the wrong person is, why did I stay in that so much longer than I needed to? Yeah. You know, and, and whether that's just a relationship or whether that is a marriage, it's just, it's one of those things. Yep. Agreed. So it's just, so it's just, uh, so are you, are you off, off to the hot tub? I, I actually need to get to the grocery store so I can, I bought some new, um, balsamic vinegars when we stopped in Solvang on our way home from Cambria that I want to make egg roll in a bowl with, so. I need to did run you, out and get some. Did you eat at any interesting restaurants in Moro when you were there? No, we actually didn't eat Moro. We um, we left Cambria and we went right to Moro, but we only spent a couple hours there in the shops. We didn't eat there. And then where did we eat? We ate um, – no, we – we had a beer in San Luis Obispo. I'm trying to remember where the heck we ate that day. I don't know. We were coming 
Uh, you're drunk. That's, that's why you can't remember. No, we definitely weren't. <laughs> we had breakfast. My gosh, I really can't remember. We were going to stop at that Madonna Inn, but we rolled through there and it looked pretty cheesy. So we never got out. But um, are 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 you, so is this the last of the besties or do you have more coming still? No, I have no company on the way. Wow. No company, no company scheduled for visits. No family, no friends. Now, at some point, I'm going to have to make my way back to the East Coast again. <laughs> and it's oh. always challenging because I, I have such FOMO when I'm not here. Oh, you have FOMO anyway. I do have FOMO even when I'm here and I miss out on certain rides. Yes, yes. I do have FOMO. Yeah. That 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 one that, that one yesterday you did was fantastic. Oh, loved so, it. There were some loved there were that. some people on that ride that I hadn't ridden with in uh, a long time. So yeah, I know I noticed some faces on the ride that uh, I'm like, oh shoot, like I haven't ridden with them in forever. Who's so, that? Um, is there was there one woman named Rose? Yes, yes. She's from Pasadena. She was the yeah. one I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. She was super nice. As a matter of fact, my friend Chris, who who I met on match, by the way. Um oh. and uh yeah, I was I was like, Hey, are you going? Because it's one of our now mutual friends that I introduced him to. Mm. Um who he'll ride with on occasion, but uh he had a He's waiting on his new bike since his crash last year. And the new bike hasn't been built yet. Gotcha. So, um, well, there's still, still a lot of, there's still a lot of problems with getting parts. Yeah. Know? Well, he, I don't know. He's building some $10,000 bike. And for him, That's crazy. he just had a, he had a shit show of a six, six to eight months last year from the accident until about this past March. But anyway, he wound up getting severe cramps and he couldn't finish the ride. Yesterday? Yeah, I even Oh my goodness. pulled over and I whipped out my EMT and my I was doing the foam rolling thing on his quad and it was good for a little bit. He's like, I tell you those those salt tabs. I you know when I do the centuries now you know, I get to like lunch stop and I'll pop a couple of those salt tabs. Then I'll get to like mile 75. I'll pop a couple more. And those, because I was, I was getting like weird cramps on centuries at like mile 90. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and it was just like, and, and one time uh, we had left, uh, we had left and I had gotten to like Morrow Rock. You know, and I just started cramping up, and I just like, oh, it was awful. And then thankfully, I had had a couple with me, and I popped a couple of those tabs, and like 10, 15 minutes later, it's like, poop, cramp's gone. Wow. Now, now I keep those salt tabs with me, and like when I get to lunch, pop a couple. And then ever since I've been doing that, you know, kind of preventative, I haven't had an issue with cramps. Mm, that's good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I sent just, you. I sent you a I've couple really links for the PAA group. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Yeah, my friend Dana is actually the co-captain in charge of membership. Well, there you go. There you go. But yeah, they're they're such a they're such a good group. I think that was her first. I think that was my friend Dana's first century that they did the one to Santa Barbara. Really? Yeah. That's actually kind of a cool idea is, is riding up there and having someone uh, take a van and then bring you back. I know my friend uh, Leticia, who's in Norway right now, and her friend Nancy, they both ride with PAA also. Oh, okay. And you've ridden with yeah, Leticia well, before. Yeah. Well, Terry kind of did that. She had to take our bikes back the one time when we had a OCW metric, I think down to Solano Beach. Yeah. And Terry rented a van and we, we piled our bikes into it. But I think we must have trained back from Solano Beach. Oh, that's good. Would that so, make sense? Yeah. She did brought you guys, the bike. Did you guys take the Amtrak trained. yesterday? Yesterday we took the coaster. The coaster? The problem with the Amtrak is they don't have enough bike spaces. Seven. They only have seven. Yeah. And there are way more than seven of us. Yeah. Yeah. So. No good. Yeah. No good. So, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a, it's a fun ride. It's a fun group. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those weird things. I, I like adding, um, that point Loma, the ride down to point Loma. Cause the strangest thing is up until I want to say two years ago, and I used to spend a lot of time in San Diego because mm-hmm. my friends who were triathletes at that time, I used to drive down there and I would ride with them all the time. And, but in that entire time I was, I'd spend down in San Diego. I never went to Point Loma. Wow. And so, and so one of my friends says, Hey, have you, and she grew up in Point Loma. And she goes, hey, have you ever been to Point Loma? And I go, no. And she goes, oh, well, you have to, we have to go. And so we, we drove down to Point Loma and she showed me like the famous, you know, fish market. And and then we went down to actually Cabrillo Monument. And it was yeah. just freaking spectacular. It was, it was gorgeous. And it was like, I was like, I have never, I mean, I've, I live a hundred miles away and I've never been to this spot. And, and huh. that's, that's what the cool thing is for you. It's like, everything is so freaking new. Oh, I know. And I, I just love it. I love, and it's the best way, um, to see California on bike anywhere, really. So, Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, all right, let's wrap it up, man. We're going to wrap it up. This is Eric and Michelle from the What He Said, She Said podcast. I will try to have this podcast up on all our normal podcasting stations Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, etc. Probably by Wednesday. And I'm going to put the links to the article on the, the podcast and hopefully we can get some live guests soon. You said you had a friend that had an interesting story. 
I've got a couple of friends that have interesting stories. So we yeah. got what we got to do is get the dating the dating challengers on. But I think some of them might have had co- uh, COVID. Oh, you had one friend that dated someone who was in prison. Oh yes, Terry. <laughs> yes, I talked to her last week. Yeah, she definitely. And then the girl I was talking to today, she just got married to a guy she met online. Okay, I was ooh, I was I was waiting for the and online. Okay, good. Online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not prison. <laughs> no, not prison. No, she didn't. Oh my gosh! But she does. That girl still keeps in touch with that guy. Their, the prison guy. Friends. Yeah. Is he like I a mean, lifer? It was like, it was like white collar crime. Like is... big time white collar crime. I don't even know what that means. Uh, big money, big money investment kind of things. Oh, I don't know what they make the difference. Why do they decipher between blue collar and white collar crime? He's like a Gary Madoff, like a Madoff. Something like that. Oh, not good. Something like that. Hey, what's uh, what's Ride the Rim in Crater Lake, Oregon? Oh, you ever that's, hear that? good, that's a good one. Yeah. Have you ever been to Crater Lake? Nope. Yeah, it's Crater Lake is kind of in South Oregon. It's a long drive, though. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a long, I mean, it's, uh, to get there, you kind of have to take the five freeway get all, out. The way, all the way to Oregon. It's a, it's a, I think I remember, okay. I think I remember when we did a long trip, me and my friend Ron blasted all the way back from bend back to SoCal. And I want to say it was about 16 hours of driving. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. It it's says like, it, ride, run, or walk on two vehicle-free days at Crater Lake National Park, September 10th and the 17th. Yeah, let me see how many miles that is. Yeah, it's it's about 800 miles to Crater Lake. I wonder how long the ride is. Mm, I don't. I don't remember. The route map. An elevation chart. I have friend. I have friends that live in Bend, who probably know more than I do. So. Yeah, it looks like there's quite a few routes. And survey says. It's just a long. Oh, it's only yeah. 32 miles. The oh, elevation that's... is close to 4,000, though. Oh, that's that's a long way to ride. Go for 32 miles. Yeah, it'd probably be awesome though. Well, the the thing about the thing about Oregon is you have to just take the five freeway all the way north. Oh wait, and, here's one that's sixty three miles. Yeah, and it it's it's kind of, it's kind of a boring drive. Oh man, actually you know? no, I lied. That wasn't that wasn't that was one of my rides. I was just looking at yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's kind of a boring drive and and. Yeah, I remember, it was funny, I remember we were coming back, we, we'd been with the same group for like about 10 days, and we we went and we did Northern California, and we did mountain bikes up at Mount Tamalpais, and then we shot over to Oregon, and then me and my friend Ron, we were just, we were kind of just beat, you know, because we'd been riding our bikes and golfing the whole time, and and we're literally just drive. We're just like, screw it. Let's just drive. Let's just go home. Let's just drive home. And 
my friend was like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to turn it off and go to Crater Lake. And I look at my friend Ron and I go, Crater Lake? And he goes, nope, home. <laughs> oh, wow. Just, just like, I don't want to say he had an asshole of everyone, but he did. And it was just oh. like, time to go home. Wow. Well, I, you could always also fly there and just rent. I don't know if there's anywhere to fly into. I mean, I imagine you could fly into Bend. Bend's yeah. not very far from there, but. So. I think that would be something to look into. Yeah, I agree. Why not? Best Let's do it. All right. So okay, we're going we're gonna to call it a night, Wisdom Community. So this is Eric and. Michelle. Oh, she's in the kitchen. We're going to hear pots and pans any minute now. <laughs> I, I did just have a two little chocolate chips that I will put in my food diary. <laughs> oh, my. You're going to put two chocolate chips in your food diary? Yeah, I am. I It's time to get dialed in. I'm actually going to the grocery store. I just came off of a week vacation where I let loose a little bit. Uh, oh, so. you had like an ice cream cone? Oh my goodness! We had creme. We shared creme brulee. Drank a bunch of wine. No, it's it's crackdown time now. Nice. Can't let things get away. Got to crack crack down on myself. Very cool. So, I like that. Anyway, yeah, have a little fun. Crack down. Get yourself back on track. Get yourself squared away. Squared away. Oh my goodness. Well, look, we're going to call it a night and everyone, I hope you have a wonderful evening and we will talk again next Monday with some community. Sounds good. Have a good Thanks. night. Catch you later. You, you too. Good night. All right. Bye. bye. I would like to thank you for listening to episode 27 and that was a long winded conversation that went in and out of online dating and our personal lives. But we hope that you enjoyed the show. And here's a word from one of our sponsors. Hi, my name is Michelle. I'm a certified personal trainer and wellness coach. I've been in the fitness industry for 28 years and began combining my R3 method with personal training in 2020. I believe through making changes in your lifestyle, you can thrive versus just survive during peri and postmenopause. Until perimenopause, I was able to control my weight through exercise and eating healthy food. During this time, I had many life stressors that were affecting my emotional and physical self. Several months after my 52nd birthday, I hired my own accountability and nutrition coach as I had felt fluffy and stuck with a middle-aged belly and just downright exhausted. I didn't know how to move forward and felt like I needed someone to guide me and hold me accountable. I was ready for change at any cost. What ensued was a mind-body transformation, 18 months of an adventure and education in what my body needed as a menopausal female, focusing on all areas of health, a long, hard look at my nutritional needs, the way I was working out, my sleep, my activity level, my water intake, and learning how to manage stress. The result, 29 pounds lost and 13% body fat gone, restored energy and sleep, stronger workouts, and a passion to help other women do the same. If you are like me, 
don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Coach Michelle with one L, M Fitness, or go to my website at www.mfitnessforlife.com.